0: Wow, who's excited for Resurrection Sunday here today? You as excited as I am, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. I love Resurrection Sunday because there are thousands of churches across the world, there are millions of people that are all celebrating the same thing together. How cool is that? We're celebrating the fact that Christ has not only just died for us and given us a new lease on life, but we get to live that life now. Jesus said he's come to give life and life to the? Yes, he has indeed. So I am so excited about today. If this is your first time, a personal uh, uh, welcome to you. We're so glad you were able to be here today. My name is Pastor Peter Brunton. I'm the lead pastor here and of course, if you're broadcasting online or, or uh, dialing in right, right now or through your old AOL uh, internet connection online, we want to give you a, a grand welcome as well. We're so glad you're here. We've got pastors online right now that are there to pray for you, to talk with you on Facebook or, or even on our website. They're, they're live right now with you. Please reach out to us. We'd love to get to connect, be connected with you more and more. What a great day this is together. Before I start, I would love to just point out a little card that was given to you in your your bulletin handout. You can have a look at it if you've got it right now. You've got a pen as well. It says, this looks like it's maybe just for first-time people, but this is for everybody. There are three things I want you to consider doing with this card today. The first one is this. It says, is there anything we can pray for you on? Listen, we're a church that believes in prayer. How about you? We believe in the power of prayer. Everybody needs to get a word from God. Everybody needs an answer from our Father. And so we want to join with you in the power of prayer. That's the first thing I'd like you to consider. The second thing I'd like you to consider is, tell us, what is your next step in your walk with Christ? What's your next step on your spiritual journey Why do we want to know that? Because I have got one of the best teams you can think of. I've got a great team of pastors, a great team of leaders, and they work hard every week to bring the right and good stuff for us, to to learn how to become the best versions of ourselves, to live out the life that God has designed for us. The third thing I would even like you to consider is, especially if you've been here for a while, is write down You know, here's a message I would like to hear about. Here's something I would like to learn about because we want to give you tools that will help you to live that life. Now, of course, you're probably thinking, Pastor, is that not your job to come up with uh, stuff so that we can learn? That's true, and we always prayerfully plan ahead at least three to six months ahead on every teaching that we're about to give here at Northwest Church. The team works hard on this, but we'd love to know whether this is landing, whether this is really working. And of course, there's no better day to do it than on Easter, because that's when most of us actually turn up together. And so it's exciting to get together. It's exciting to live this life. About 15 years ago, I was walking down the road. or not walking down the road, because you don't walk in America, do you? You drive everywhere, right? I was driving down the road, down 441, and there was a big sign on the side of the road, right? And it said, don't shake your babies, right? Now, it's kind of an odd sign. And I'm thinking, Why would anyone, number one, why would they shake their babies? That doesn't make any sense. It's not like it's a new dance craze or something. Why shake your babies? And then I thought, number two, who in their right mind would shake a baby? That doesn't make any sense. And I couldn't understand why anyone would do that and why anyone would even have to put a sign up there to warn you about shaking babies. That was until I had babies. (laughs) That was until I had children. Children have this amazing ability to drive you nuts, right? Now, I know you guys are only, Paul, you've got the wonderful children, and the reason why I can tell you've got such wonderful children that do such wonderful things is because that's all I see on Facebook and Instagram, right? Like, all the perfect, all the he's just so cute. Look how wonderful he is. I think we should have a special website for all the junk that our kids have done that have driven us nuts, and we need to remind them when they get older. <laughs> that's what we really need. But children have this amazing ability to, 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 to drive us nuts. They've even have this amazing ability to make us do strange things. They can tire you out. They say that when you have a baby, you will never sleep properly for the first five to 10 years of its life. Is that not true, right? In fact, I know that some of you do strange things because some of you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, that'll do. And then you go to Walmart and you're still in your pajamas. I've seen you. I've been to Walmart. I've even been here when I came up on stage once when I had a small child. And I came up on stage and I didn't realize how tired I was. I got up on stage and I was giving this amazing exhortation of the word of the Lord. And I was looking down and I realized I had two different colors of shoes on. It's just the way it goes. I'm leaving my laces undone right now. Let me get that checked out. still have children, you see. Still driving me nuts. But it's, it's amazing how children have this innate Ability to sometimes bring out the worst in us. So, and so, so it's so about, about, gosh, maybe about 10 years ago or so. So, uh, my wife goes down to South America to go on a mission trip. That's what she said, right? So, she went on a mission trip. And I'm like, that's wonderful. So, I had the children to myself. I've got to look after them, make sure they don't die, don't die, don't die. And also hold my job down, run a church. And and honestly, honestly kudos to all of you who are single parents. I don't know how you do it. I, suddenly I couldn't survive by myself doing that. And so, My wife had made a nice little box of lunch for my son to go to school, and it was beans and rice in the box, right, in a little clear container. What do you call them? Tupperware boxes, right? So she puts it in the bag, and I get him to school, get him to school, and I'm proud of myself, got him there on time. And then after school, pick him up, and I'm I'm undoing his bag, and I see that he hasn't eaten his lunch. And I said, why didn't you eat your lunch? And he said, because I didn't want it. And I said, why didn't you want to eat your lunch? He goes, because I didn't want it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know if you don't I don't know if you thought that this was a service here, a five-star service. Like, so I'm sorry, sir, what would you like on your menu here? Cardon blood chicken or steak or something nice here. What would you like for lunch? No, that's what you get. That's the way I was raised, right? Amen. See, my I was raised up as a as a as a pastor's kid that didn't really have much money, and whatever you got, that's what you got. And don't know you're gonna be thankful for it, or I'm sending you early to Jesus. Right? That's that's the way I was raised. And so I said, well, you're going to eat this tomorrow for lunch. Yes, sir. <laughs> there, I've fixed it now. Get to school the next day, pick him up after school, still hasn't eaten his lunch. And I'm like, why haven't you eaten your lunch? I said, well, I, just, I didn't like it. I didn't want to eat the lunch. And I'm like, this is not a request. I have to keep you alive until Mum gets home, right? So you don't have a choice on this. In fact, you're going to eat it for dinner, right? His parents have done that. You're not, you're not leaving anything. You're, you're, you're going to have that for breakfast or lunch or dinner. Whichever comes first, you're going to get hungrier before I give up on this food. And so I gave him the food and I made him eat it. And then he went to bed. And he, and he got up out of bed and he goes, I don't, I don't feel, uh, uh, I don't, I don't feel. Uh. What I didn't know was he had left his backpack with his lunch in it out in the sunshine all day. It probably stewed and it fermented it. And now it was all stewing and fermenting in his stomach, right? So I'm like, you'll be fine, right? Go back to bed, and he goes. Oh, no, oh, 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 ah, right, and this stuff comes out, and it's like a sprinkler system of a, a salsa of rice and beans that are just like yah, 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 and it's on the walls, and then it's on the bed, it's on the bedroom wall, on the hallway wall, and he gets into the bathroom, and before he gets to the toilet, he throws up on the other wall and on the floor, and then he gets to the toilet, and he's got nothing left to throw up. I already had a long day. I don't know if you know this. I'm working hard and I'm a single parent right now. I don't need you plastering and painting the wall and redecorating everything with a Mexican mask in this house. I don't need this right now. So, anyway, I get them in the shower, strip them off, you just shower, just. Off. And then I go to cleaning. And the problem is, you know, when you start cleaning up, throw up, you start smelling it yourself. You are oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Give me a second. Huh? All right. Hold, hold your nose. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. And I start pulling this stuff together, and I'm cleaning it, and I've got to make it really clean because my wife's a clean freak, right? So I've got to make sure. Because, you know, maybe some of you husbands are like, I'll just leave that with my wife when she gets home. This is what no, 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 no. There's no way I was going to get away with that, so I had to clean it up. And so I get to bed, and I'm thinking, oh, Finally and go to bed, get myself a nice little glass of mine, a little Chardonnay, some of that, or should get some red wine. And I'll get into bed and I'll get some Netflix. And what I thought I, was, I thought I was putting this glass on the nightstand, but no, I was putting it on the edge of the nightstand and it splashes everywhere on the floor and on the bed. And now I'm just like, Aah! and this cracking of frustration comes out of my mouth. Aah! I'm just done with this thing. And then I know I have to wash, I got to strip the bed and I got to put it in the, 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 in the washing machine. I got to get the carpet clean. And now I have got to clean this because everybody Knows that red wine's going to stain the carpet, and I was just done. I was done. I was done. Has anyone ever had children like that? (laughs) Years later, years later, we were actually away in a place called a dude camp. And a dude camp is where you get to pretend to be like a cowboy, right? You're not really a cowboy, but it's the only way I can get my wife to go camping, right? It's called glamping, right? It looks like a tent, but it's actually got air conditioning and a big king sized bed, right? It's all nice and perfect. But I get to pretend like I'm outside, but my wife doesn't have to suffer with being outside. So we call it glamping, really cool place. And it's, you know, somewhere here in Florida and then they have like a rodeo there and they've got zip lines and they've got mud buggies, they've got all these crazy things for kids. It was really a lot of fun. And as we had a wonderful weekend, we get in our car and we're about to drive home. Wasn't that a wonderful weekend, children? And I hear them both argue in the back seat over something. And then one of them spoke and said, That's not fair. I never get to have fun or have things my own way. Something inside of me came out like a demon <laughs> called the frustration cracking, And I was about to kill this child. And as I was driving down the road, I had this visualization of this big sign on the side of the road and it says, don't shake your children. (laughs) And I'm like, I get it now. It only took 10 years to finally figure out why they were speaking to me because I was ready to send my children on an early trip to Jesus for their judgment day. (laughs) And it all started with a Mexican massacre of rice and beans. Frustration can fill our lives. We give and we give and we give and they never say thank you back. We give and we give and we get tired and frustrated and we wish that we just understand what we've actually given them and yet we still sacrifice for our children. Is that right? Yet we still give and give for our children because we're driven by the fact that not that they love us, but that we deeply love them. Hello. It's amazing what children can make us do. It's amazing what our love can do to compel us to be with our children and to give and give. I've been thinking about this and I started looking, I was reading scripture and one day I came across this scripture in Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 8 and it says this, that Jesus being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that he was any less God or he was a, he, he, he was both man and he was both God, he wasn't any less God. It just means that he didn't take the advantages of being God, he didn't take the advantages of being in his position. But when he gave up his position in heaven. I started to really consider what was it that he now we know he went to the cross and all oh, it was terrible, but he gave up something way before then. I believe he gave up his position. He gave up his position of his home and the position of his honor. Now, I know this in a very infinitesimal version of what it is to give up your home. When I first came to America about 20 years ago, I came over and, and I started to miss my home. I missed my food. I missed the, the language. I missed people understanding what I was saying so I didn't have to repeat myself. My name is Peter, not Peter, right? And I started going like, why do I, no one understands what I'm saying? Why do they think my name's a pizza? It's not a pizza. It's just Peter, right? And so it, sometimes it would get frustrating because no one was aligned with me and here we are with Jesus Jesus gave up what he had to give up in heaven where everything was aligned with them and he gave up this amazing place where where people encouraged him where where the angels spoke his his glories God loved him every day and encouraged him on who he was not because he was down or depressed but because that's what heaven is about And then he came down to a broken place, a a, a world, a world that is broken, a world that has sin, a world that has frustration, a world that basically people can end up hating each other. Imagine what he gave up. He didn't give up a Scotland lifestyle. He didn't give up an American lifestyle. He gave up a heaven lifestyle to come and be in our flesh. And then it took it one step further. And I believe he gave up the position of honor that was due to him. What does that mean? It basically means that when someone honors you, you hear what you really are. That's why it's so important to speak good things to each other because you're speaking not what you feel. You're speaking what the Father thinks about each other. This is an important point that we're speaking things to our children, not because they're so wonderful and they clean the room and they do everything that you want them to do. You're speaking into them what you designed them to be for the future. Hello, this is what honor is. And Jesus had to give that up for now being insulted, for now being ridiculed, for now being hated by the world that he had entered into. Then, of course, it it, it carries on into verse 7. And it says, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. What does that mean? It basically means that he gave up his power. He became nothing. Another way of saying nothing is another translation. It says that he emptied himself. Everything that he had and everything he owned, he, he emptied himself out of all that stuff. Let me explain it this way. Imagine if you take all the money that you've got, be it $5, $500, $5,000, $50,000, $500 million, whatever amount of money you've got, I want you to take that money in your mind mentally and I want you to take it out of the bank and put it off to the side. Then I want you to sell your house and I want you to sell, I want you to sell your house, I want you to sell your cars, I want you to sell lawnmower, I want you to get rid of all your services, sell your clothes, just keep one set of clothes, sell your iPad, sell your iPhone, sell all this stuff that you own, sell your children. No, don't sell your children. Sell everything that you own, take all that money, put it off to the side, and then decide to give it to the American government. Why? Because they're in so much debt. The American government is in trillions and trillions worth of debt and it's been, it's been put about and it's come to happen maybe by generations before us who maybe didn't think of you and didn't care about you. But what I want you to do is take all that money and just go ahead and put it to government. Everyone here today, that's what I want you to do at the end of the day, we'll be able to bail America out of some of our debt, right? But most of us are like, nah, I don't think so. Because it's not something that we desire to do. We don't desire to try and get rid of everything to try and save someone else who's not... Grateful for it. Hello. And I wonder if sometimes we're in a place where we have decided to be Christ followers, but we haven't taken account exactly what it is that Christ has actually given to us. He has given, and he has given, and he has given, just like a parent does for a child. Then it goes on to the last verse, in verse 8, and it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming, what does that say? Obedient to death, and death on a cross. Finally, of course, he gave up his life, gave up his position, gave up his power. Now he's had to give up his life. Now, why would he have to give up his life? Maybe, maybe, maybe you've never thought of Christian things before, or maybe you've heard about it, but you don't really know what it's about. Let me give a quick synopsis of what this is about. There's a problem that you have with God, and it's this: you're a lawbreaker. How do you know that you're a lawbreaker? simply because there is a moral law that is in your heart that is a standard of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what's bad. And you know, fine well the things that you've done that are wrong. How you know that is really easy is to think about this, that today, imagine if there was someone in your house right now that was breaking into your house and they're about to steal your stuff. Most of you would feel incensed by that. You'd feel, you'd feel angry at that and frustrated. Why would someone do that to me? I'll tell you why you feel incensed. Because there's a standard of justice that is in your heart. It's called the moral law. And because we have broken this moral law, we have no right to enter into God's kingdom. We have no right to go live with him because he's holy. And if we decide to place ourselves in the mix of God's kingdom, we would just start messing it up. Why? Because we're willful people. We're stubborn people. We wanna do things our own way. We don't wanna do things God's way. Does that sound like any children that you've ever had? Have you ever found your children are stubborn, they're willful and they wanna do things their own way and it drives you nuts because you know fine well they're bringing themselves to destruction. You know fine well they're leading them down a path that is gonna make them fall apart, it's gonna destroy their life and all you wanna do is bring something good. This is the problem that God has with us. Because we're lawbreakers, we now have this debt against us. But thanks be to God that Jesus, his son, stepped up and said, listen, there's no debt against me. So I'll go ahead and pay for their debt. I'll be the one that steps in their place and wipes out my life in order to make sure we don't destroy the kingdom of God. And because he stepped in our place, he has given us new life. Now, why on earth would he do this? I'll tell you why. Because in the same way that you're not motivated by your children's love, God's not motivated by your love for him. He's motivated by his love for you. Hello. John three sixteen says that God so loved you that he gave his love, not your love. You see what I'm saying? This is an important point because the Father wants life for his children. He wants you to become everything that he has designed you to be. You see, Jesus didn't come, listen now, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, he came to make dead people alive. Come on now, people of God. I'm preaching 25% better than what you're responding right now. He came to make dead people alive. This is why we want to help you find what your purpose is. Because your time on this earth is not just to mark time. It's not just to raise children. It's not just to pay bills. It's not just to try and survive pain-free or worry-free or trouble-free. It's to do something significant in this life that matters for eternity. Because two things matter. People matter and eternity matters according to Jesus. And so therefore, it is our job to get involved in the kingdom of God and do something that changes people's lives for eternity. And listen, your time is running out. You only have this moment and before you have to switch over to the next, the other side, and before you have to go back into eternity yourself. Now is the time for living life to the full, as Jesus told us. And I want you to understand Sometimes we need to know what our motivation is for doing what we know we're meant to do. Let me tell you what your motivation is. Christ gave it all, and he gave it all for you. When the Father called him to give his life, he came down here on earth. When he came down here on earth, here's the biggest problem he challenged. He couldn't force anyone to choose him. He couldn't force anyone to align with him. Why? Because that's free will. And free will is where love comes from. Some will reject him and some will accept him. Our choice is today. Do we accept him again today? He's not come to bring you to be a good person, he's come to make us alive. I hope there's two types of people in the room right now. There's the type of person that hasn't made that decision. They've been considering whether you should follow Christ or not. And maybe this is the day when you will make that consideration. Maybe you've got more time to think it over. There's no obligation at all here to choose God. Most people think that hell is a place where God sends people that he's angry at. It's not true. It's just a place that people go to that decide to pay their own tab. They decide that I'm gonna be accountable for my own sin, my own stuff. I don't need Jesus. But what i found in my life is <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. I need someone who can take the fall for me. The good news is that Christ has. So let's close our eyes right now. And if this is the first time that you would want to give your life to Christ, I'm gonna give you an, op- an opportunity to do it. You can say it in your heart. You can say it with your mouth. Just repeat after me. You, they're not here to embarrass you at all. But if this is your moment, just repeat after me. My Father in heaven, I want to thank you that you have loved me more than I have ever loved you I thank you that you decided to reach down for me to save me through your son and today I want to choose you I want to align myself with your son I ask that you would forgive me for what I have done to break your law forgive me for my sin and praise I pray that you would help me once again to become everything you've called me to be so I can enter into the kingdom of heaven and align myself with Christ. If that's your first time, I'd love you if you would tell us about it. You can fill out the card, you can let us know, you can call us. We would love to know what decision you've made today because we would like to help you on your journey. For the rest of you, I hope that today is a day to remember and to be reminded of what Christ gave up for you because it didn't start at the cross. It started the day he left his own home to come amongst us, to be one of us. Be encouraged today that the life that he has given you is worth living. And here's the last thing I'll say. The easiest way my children get my attention is when they align themselves with me and do the things that I've asked them to do. Today's a day for you to decide to do the things that God has called you to do. Are you glad to be here today? Are you glad that we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Why don't we end today by giving the biggest round of applause to our Saviour right now? Come on, let's do it. Come on, you got more than that. You got more than that.